Welcome to Pathway to Faith with Bishop Steve Howe. Turn your expectations high as you receive the word from our man of God. Prepare yourself to hear a life-changing message. Let's tune in now. I want to talk about the end of Jesus' public ministry. Go with me now to John chapter 11. Would you be so kind in the video department now for the nugget man to put up my first, my first nugget? I pray that you say these, these sayings today with a certain measure of reverence because I believe they will minister to your soul. You're going to see something now perhaps you've never seen. Ready? Read. Oh, can you read that one more time like you believe that for yourself? Ooh, can you read it one more time like you believe that for somebody, somebody, somebody on your row? Nugget number two, please. Ready? Read. R- read it again. What does everything mean? Everything. Everything. Everything you see in the world, good or bad. Every mistake you made. Every pit you fell in, every wrong decision, every right decision, everything is happening for God's glory. Ooh, Jesus. Before before the dust settles, God's going to get glory out of your life. Nugget number three. Nugget number three. Come on, read. Ooh, geez, that's shouting ground right there. Some, some of you wore the wrong clothes. Next Sunday, wear those shouting clothes. Nothing will come into our lives without heaven's permission. Good God of mercy. That's shouting ground, man. The devil can't do nothing to me unless it's approved by God. Oh, Jesus, there's nothing happening in your life that's not approved in heaven. God said, for those who love me, anybody love him today? God said, for those who love him, he's going to work all things together. Good God of mercy. Read it again. Nothing will come. Man, that's shouting ground. Nugget number four. Go ahead and read. If heaven permits it, it is going to be for God's glory. 
You got to grab a hold of that. It's going to be for whose glory? For whose glory? For whose glory? So, so this journey that you're in called life, it's not about you. Everything good that happened to you and everything bad that happened to you, it happened because it's not about you. Every rejection you have to walk through, it's not about you. Every test, every trial that you have faced in life, you faced it because it's not about you. Everything that happens has to be approved by headquarters. Now, some of you are looking funny because you think I'm talking about the White House. But what I'm talking to you today about is not the approval of Washington, D.C., but the approval of heaven. Oh, Jesus. Can we get into the book? Let's look at chapter number 11 of the Gospel of John. And uh, let's look at verse. Notice I asked permission to get into the book. Because there's a lot of preachers today who don't believe in the book. And there are a lot of preachers preaching stuff, but it's not in the book. And there are some preachers preaching things that have not studied the book. Now, can, can we get in the book? Yeah, yeah. It's difficult to try to talk about the book to people who don't believe in the book. Glory be to God. But I believe there's some believers here. Mm -hmm. and, and if you study this out, you'll discover that the gospel of John was somewhat different than the synoptic gospels because John's gospel is really talking to believers. Are you in John chapter 11? Look at verse. Oh, God, we got a little ways to go. Look at number one. Now, a certain man was sick. Lazarus of Bethany, uh, the town of Mary and his sister Martha. It was that Mary, it was that Mary who anointed the Lord with uh, fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair. Boy, I love this sister. Whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore, the sister, her brother was sick, right? Lazarus was sick, right? Look, look at this. Therefore, the sisters... The sisters, Mary and Martha, sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love, come on, talk to me, is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory, good God of mercy, for the, oh God, for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Let, let, can I just park my car for a second? If you, if you could see how God has ultimately fixed the end of your life, you would never take time to be discouraged or depressed on any part of the road of your journey. We get discouraged because we don't know how it's going to end. We get depressed because we don't think God's going to be able to fix this one. Oh, Jesus. Let, let, read on, preacher. So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed 
two more days in the place where he was. Y'all, you going to get the picture? They done sent word to Jesus. We know you love Lazarus and he's sick. Let's go on. So when he heard that he was sick, Jesus, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to the disciples, let us go uh, to Judea again. The disciples said to him, teacher, rabbi, lately the Jews sought to stone you. Are you going back to Kansas City again? And Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours in a day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble, but he who sees the light of this world. But if one walks in the light, if one walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. They're stumbling because the light. Come on, talk to me. These things he said. And after that, he said to them, our friend Lazarus is asleep. But the disciples are still real carnal. They're, they're still real worldly. So they thought Lazarus was snoozing. But I go that I may wake him up. Then his disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, he'll get well. However, Jesus spoke of his death. But they thought that he was speaking about taking rest, that he was Uh, thought that he was speaking about taking rest in sleep. Then Jesus said to them plainly, "Mm -hmm. Lazarus is dead, man. And I am glad for your sake that I was not there, that you may believe, nevertheless, let us go to him. Then Thomas, who is called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let us also go, that we may die with him. So when Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb four days. Now Bethany was near uh, Jerusalem, about two miles away. And many of the Jews had joined a woman around Martha and Mary to uh, to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary was still in the house. I ain't going to see nobody. Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you'd have been here in my situation, my brother would not have died. But even now I know That whatever you ask of God, God will give it to you. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And Martha, listen to Martha. And Martha said uh, said to him, "Uh, I know. In other words, I believe you. I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. 
And he who believes in me, though he die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe? Do you believe this? She said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the son of God, who has come into the world. And when she had said these things, she went her way and secretly called Mary, her sister, saying, the teacher has come. Mary, sis, the teacher's here. and He's not only here, but he's calling for you. As soon as she heard that, she arose quickly from her lazy boy. As soon as she heard that, she arose quickly and came to him. Now, Jesus had not yet come into the town but was in the place where Martha met him. Then the Jews who were with her in the house and com uh, com uh, comforting her, when they saw that Mary rose up quickly and went out, they followed her saying, she is going to the tomb to weep there. Then Mary came where Jesus was. Then Mary came where Jesus was. Then Mary came where Jesus was and saw him. And when she came where Jesus was and when she saw him, she fell down on her on her on her face. I mean, she got down and started worshiping him, saying to him, Lord, if you had only been here. My house would not have been repossessed. They never would have taken my car. Lord, if you had only been on the scene, my son, my daughter would not have died. Lord, if you would have only been here, what they did to me would not have happened. Good God's mercy. Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. And my favorite verse of scripture that I learned to quote verbatim over my food as a little boy, Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him? And some of them said, could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind also have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, again, groaning in himself, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone laid against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha the sister of him who was dead said to him, Lord, by now, by this time, there is a stench. He's thinking. For he has been dead. Talk to me, church. He's been dead four days. Jesus said to her, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was laying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, 
I thank you that you have heard me. When did he hear him? He didn't hear him in verse 41. He heard him way back in verse number four. He heard him days ago. So Jesus now in verse 41 is reminding the father, you know what we talked about a few days ago. And now, and I know that you always hear me. But because of these people who are standing by, I said this. In other words, Jesus is saying, I only, I'm only saying this out loud again, Father, so that you can hear. I'm only saying it out loud, out loud, Father, so that the people around me can hear what you and I talked about in verse number four. Jesus is saying, Father, I'm only repeating myself. Not that I don't believe you. Not that I didn't believe that you heard me when I first asked you. But the people around me, they don't know what you and I have already talked about. So to bring them up to the level, I'm letting them know that what is about to happen, my father and I, we talked about this days ago. I'm almost finished. Now when he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. I'm going to close with this. And he who had died came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes. And his face was wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, Jesus said to, come on church. No, Jesus said not to him, but he said to them, them what? He said to them grave clothes that had him wrapped up and the cloth that was on his head. which signified that the devil had him bound because the devil is the author of death. And Jesus said to them, them what? Whatever had Lazarus bound. Loose him and let him go. Something dead in your life is getting ready to be resurrected. Old dreams. Things that God told you he wanted to do in your life, but it's been so long uh, since, you know, the time that you and God talked about it. And, and, and for some of you, 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 have, you have labeled yourself and you have embraced the title that you have become too old. Oh, Jesus. 
So, so now God is going to resurrect some things on the inside of you that he placed in the inside of you when you were a child. But time has expired and you have forgotten about the dream. And now time has expired and you think that the dream is too late for it to happen. But it's at that moment that God says you're getting ready to experience a resurrection. Two people are getting it. Three people are getting it. Four people are getting it. Now, now, let, let, let's, let's, let's do this. Look at verse number one again real quick. Look, look, at, look, at, look, look at verse number one of chapter 11. Now, a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, and uh, of, the town, of, of a town Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with the fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Whose brother? Their brother Lazarus was sick. Look at verse 3. Therefore the sisters, look, look at this. Therefore the sisters sent to him saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. Now, now no, no, notice, notice. Did you read that with me? Notice in the verse, in the text, the sisters didn't summons Jesus to come. They didn't ask Jesus to come. Maybe that's why when Martha or Mary heard that he was coming, she didn't leave the house. They didn't send word to Jesus for Jesus to come. Come on, look at the text. They were just letting him know that my brother that you love, he's sick. Come on, let's, let's, let's go on with it. So, so this is good news because they said, my brother who you love could God of mercy. Because I know Jesus Christ is no respecter of person. And if he loves Lazarus, he loved me and he loved you. So in the verse, you can see they didn't ask Jesus to come. They just told him the condition of a man that they know. God of mercy. So the next time you pray over your son or your daughter, you don't have to tell Jesus to come. Just tell Jesus, my daughter, who I know you love. Oh, Jesus. God. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Let's, let's, let's go on. Let's, let's. Now, now look at verse 6. Ooh, yes, ma'am. Look, look, look at verse, look at verse number six. Look at verse number six. So when he heard that he was sick, come on church, he stayed two more days in that place where he was. So now we see Lazarus is not the center of this story. 
when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed in that place for that tells us that Lazarus is not the center of this story and neither are you. And most people over the years have thought that this story really centered around Lazarus. And this story does not center around Lazarus no more than your life centers around you. Could God of mercy. The reason that you were born was to bring glory to God. If you were born in a good situation, it's to bring glory to God. If you were born in a rejection situation, it's to bring glory to God. Oh, Jesus. Say this with me. Everything is happening. For God's glory. Say it again. Everything is happening. For God's glory. Headquarters of everything is heaven. Boy, that's good news. The devil can't even test me. The devil cannot cause me to face an obstacle unless heaven approves it. Oh, God, even this pandemic is being used for the glory of God. Because of the pandemic, there are some people who are running to Jesus. And because of the same pandemic, some people are turning away. Oh, Jesus, don't shut me down because I'm ministering real good today. Nothing will come into our lives without heaven's approval. Nothing. Nothing. If heaven permits it, it is going to be for God's glory. In verse number six, again, there, there's, there's, there's a message for us here. When you read the verse of scripture, you can clearly see that Jesus is not motivated by sentiment, but he was subject to the Father's will. In other words, Jesus didn't get all emotional and didn't do something that God didn't ordain for him to do. And then have to come back later and say, Father, I'm sorry. <laughs> Jesus. He only did the Father's will. Man, this is good stuff. Now, drop down real quick to verse number 20. Our time is almost gone. Verse number 20, quickly, quickly, quickly. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. But Mary was sitting in the house. Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Let, let's read on. But even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Verse 20. Three, Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And Martha said to him, I know, I, I know, I know that he will rise again in, in the resurrection at the last day. And then Jesus said to her, he said, what? He said, but I, but I, I am the resurrection. I am the resurrection. 
the reason Jesus is challenging her, notice she's, look, look here now. She said, Lord, I know that my brother will rise again at the resurrection. The reason she's being challenged is because it takes more faith to believe God to do something now than it takes to believe God for something in the future. The girl had faith for the future, but she was struggling with now. Now faith is. If it's not now, then it's not the God kind of faith. See, your struggle is not believing God for something in the future. Because if you have to believe God for something in the future, you don't have to show anybody proof. But if you believe he is a right now God, then God's got to do something right now. And you're scared to put God on right now because you're not sure if right now God will do something. But I want you to know today that God is not afraid of you putting him on right now. Because he can, and he will, and he wants to do it right now. Ooh, God. We can't high-five people. Can we bump their shoulder? Can, can we bump their arm? Can we knock them upside the head and say, God wants to do something for you right now? Come on, sound man. Help me with my voice. Hallelujah. Right now. I said right now. <laughs> Let me close. I got just a couple of minutes. Let me close. Look, look at verse. Look at, ooh, geez. look at verse 33. You, you got to see this. Look at verse 33. You there? Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. Jesus groaned here in his spirit because he could feel what they felt as their high priest. He's groaning because he loves them. And, and because he is their great high priest, he could feel, he could feel their pain. He could feel their hurt. And so he's, he's identifying. He's identifying with them as their great high priest. Is this good? Now, now drop down to verse number 38. Then Jesus again. Come on, talk to me. Then Jesus again. Come on. Now in himself. Come on now. He's this. Listen, the groan in verse 33 and the groan here is a different groan. And the groaning in 33, he was identifying with their hurt. With their pain. But the groan here in verse what? 38 is a different groan. 
This is a groan because he knows now he's getting ready to put work in. He's groaning now. There's a different kind of groan. Verse 38 is a different kind of groan. He's getting ready to put work in now. Ooh, Jesus. He, he's, he's adjusting himself because he's getting ready to put work in. <laughs> he he doesn't stop identifying with the people, and now he's identifying with his father. He's, he's getting ready. To, ooh, Jesus. He's grown. He's grown. I mean, he's stirring himself up because he's getting ready to go to work now. Ooh, Jesus. He, he, he's getting ready to raise a dead man from the grave. My time is gone, but I, but I got to give you this. When, when Lazarus came out of the grave, he came out with grave clothes on. When Jesus came out of the grave, he left his grave clothes in the tomb. The reason Lazarus came out with his grave clothes is because Jesus is getting ready to call life back into his physical body. Jesus left the grave clothes because when the Spirit of God called him out, amen, he put off mortality. The stone had to be rolled away for Lazarus to come out. But the stone did not need to be rolled away for Jesus to come out. The only reason the stone was rolled away for Jesus was for you and I to get in. The reason they had to roll the stone away for Lazarus is Lazarus came back just like he was. When Jesus came out, he had been transformed. And when you're transformed, you can walk through a wall. With the door closed, you can walk in. And the windows lock. Are you all with me? And Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth. Now remember, remember, I said from the beginning, this whole thing, Minister Clayton, was for the glory of God. Help me, preacher. What do you mean? This whole setup was for the glory of God. Jesus knew that at Lazarus' grave, there was going to be a whole lot of people. Had nothing to do with Lazarus. Had to do with catching fish. God's going to get glory. There's going to be a crowd. There's going to be a crowd of people. And the, and the crowd is going to become 
uh, mesmerized because this man named Jesus from Galilee is going to raise the dead. He's going to call the name of his friend Lazarus and Lazarus is going to come out of the grave and it's going to be perhaps thousands of people around. And they witness this. And the Bible says, and many of them believed. So without Lazarus' situation, there would not have been many of those who believed. And it's just like with Lazarus, it's your life and my life. There are people who are never going to believe God unless they see God on your life. There's some mess you've been in. There's some stuff you did that some people know about. And for them to see God's hand on your life like that, they'll believe. They'll know down in their soul. If God could do something for, for that person, if the Lord could turn around that man, if God could change the way that woman act, there must be a God. Ooh, Jesus. Not only did those who saw it, who believed, there was also a group of people who witnessed the miracle and got agitated and offended. Ooh, Jesus. It's amazing how God can bless you and some people will be happy for you and some people will be mad. It, 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 it's, 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 I'm real careful. You know, I don't use the word crazy. I know some people do, but I don't. Yeah, you know, I don't be talking about, you know, I don't want to be crazy. And, and I don't use it as an expression. I don't use the word crazy to be playing. Because I might be saying it playing, but crazy ain't playing. I, I need my mind. But isn't it amazing how people can witness how God can use your life? How they can physically, visibly see God use you in unexplainable ways. And in spite of their visible witnessing of God using your life, how they can turn on you. How they can turn on you. I mean, I mean, it's amazing to me, people who don't even like each other under normal circumstances, just like the people who plotted to get Jesus crucified, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they didn't get along at all, but they came in total agreement to crucify Jesus. And there are people that I've experienced over the years as a pastor. As a pastor in the church, I knew they didn't like each other. They didn't get along. They, they, they would come to me and I would say, but don't be that way toward that person. And don't be that way toward that person. And then they both get offended and become best friends when they leave. Because what they are, what they are agreeing on is for my demise. 
they find each other in the city because a spirit of offense will find another spirit of offense. And even though in the natural they don't like each other, they have a common ground of wanting me to fail. And harvest church to come to nothing because they ain't here no more. And if you understand that, then that's the way they were. That was their attitude toward Jesus. I don't care about his miracles. I don't care about his signs. I don't care about his wonders. We want him off the scene. And so the Sadducees, the Pharisees, they got together. And I don't want to leave you hanging because I share with you in the first chapter where Jesus started his ministry. Yes, with John the Baptist. I also want you to know that in John chapter 11 is the, is the culmination of Jesus' public ministry. His public ministry ends in John chapter 11. Some of you look at me funny. Study me out when you leave. Jesus' public ministry started in the River Jordan with his cousin. And his ministry, his public ministry, it ended with raising Lazarus from the dead. His public ministry was over. I'm saying to you today, not I'm saying, but Jesus saying to you through a yielded vessel. Man, you can have a resurrection. Things can change. You don't have to fight alone. And what I love about the grace and mercies of God is no matter what you've done, if you cry out to him, he'll answer. I feel so inadequate because I don't think there's a human on the face of the earth who can truly explain the love of God and his patience and his long suffering. How long he's willing to wait. But I want to thank God today because there's many of you today that Jesus doesn't have to wait any longer. You're not going to run anymore. You're not going to put him off anymore. You're going to make things right with God today. The Bible says that no one can come to God unless God draws him. Oh, God, that means God, uh, God picked you out in a crowded room and, and, and God reached in that room and put his hand on you because he wants you. Wow, what an amazing message. Thank you for listening to our Pathway to Faith broadcast. If you're ever in the Kansas City metro area, join Bishop and Dr. Howe at Harvest Church International Outreach. 4300 North Corrington Avenue, Kansas City, Missouri, 64117. Or catch our services live online at www.harvestchurchkc.org. Be blessed.